0: Listening to the Agents of Change podcast, a podcast about the creators, entrepreneurs, and people shaping Canada. On this show, we'll speak with change makers from underrepresented communities who are moving this country forward. They're bold and inspiring, and you absolutely need to know about them. I'm your host, Winnie Bernard, and this podcast is brought to you by Double Shot. Double Shot is a globally inclusive talent and influencer management agency for diversifying your marketing and leveling up your brand. When I first met Adila a few years ago, I was immediately drawn to her warm personality and her smile. Later, it was her undeniable drive and work ethic that impressed me. Adila Carter is the founder of the Carter Strategy Group a global consulting firm that specializes in strategic planning and business development for entrepreneurs, small businesses, and corporate clients. As well, she's the co-founder of Pitch Better Canada, a startup focused on developing and scaling small businesses through market research and capacity building. Above being a busy entrepreneur, Adila is also a mom of two. Pour yourself a fresh cup and get to know Adila. Adila, I'm so, so excited to speak to you today. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to speak to you too.
0: But Adila, you were born in Trinidad and your parents decided to come to Canada. I know for better opportunities like many do. What was your childhood like? And where did you guys land when you came to Canada?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I did. I grew up, I always say born and raised in Trinidad. Uh, because I moved here, we moved here probably when I was about eight years old. So those early years uh, were spent in Trinidad. So I'm very, very connected to, I call Trinidad my home, second home, Um, very connected to home and, um, and love, love the transition that my parents made for us. We arrived in June, so it was nice and warm. And we (laughs) transition into the winter because Trinidad is hot all year round. Um, So it was an incredible experience. Um, Started in grade three in the fall. My sister started in grade four. What was different was that I was the only black girl in my class. Tell
0: me about that.
1: Even back then, I didn't understand that. Um, I came from Trinidad, you know, people looked like me. And I came here and people looked different, but I didn't know that I was different. Um, I did get teased. I got teased about how big my lips were. Wow. Um and so yeah, I remember getting teased about those things from the other kids in school, but I don't remember relating it to race. But as I got older, I just you know understood, understood things. I remember going to high school and seeing all these black kids and you know different races, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool! Here's people that actually look like me—guys and girls." And I was like, "It was, it was high school was very different." I I think my eyes really opened in high school.
0: Speaking of which, do you feel like as if, I know you said you came as a child, but do you feel that you ever um, had to assimilate? Or did you feel like you could navigate in this cultural duality that is you?
1: Uh, I feel like I definitely, I think naturally as a child, I conformed. Yes. I lost my accent so quickly. I remember having my accent and then, and then not having my accent. And I didn't even notice my parents had an accent still, but they do. My friends would point that out to me. They would be like, oh, I love how your mom talks, like how your dad talks. And I'm like, how do they talk? I, You know, I didn't know. <laughs> um, but I definitely, I think I just naturally as a child, as children, you adapt to your That's circumstances. Right. And so you don't notice that you are fitting in. I was I was so happy. I think I was so grounded. I had such great... I have such great parents and such a, a great family life that nothing really bothered me outside of those walls. And I think that protection really kind of allowed me to just pursue anything and everything.
0: Yes, absolutely. And... Um, I didn't know this, and I learned, and I was really pleasantly surprised, that Adila means one who acts with justice and fairness, which is so wonderful, and it leads Mm -hmm. me to my next question. What brought you to study and work in criminal law?
1: And that is something I always say, I feel like you live up to your name.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: But my name, yes, it's Adila, it's Arabic, it means just fair. And so, like you said, I have always been intrigued by the criminal justice system and started my career working in the Ontario Court of Justice and left for several years, and now I'm back doing contract work for the office of the chief justice. So it's always something that comes back to me. I've always, um, tried to be a person that was never judgmental. Um, and that was fair. And it's so funny. I'm also a Libra, which is the scales of justice. So, Oh yes. My name, my astrological sign, <laughs> those things, everything is just like justice and fairness. And so, I really try to live up to my name.
0: Very Canadian values, I should say. Everything yeah. needs to be fair. <laughs> that, that, yes. In two thousand fourteen, you pivoted and you started a side hustle, the Carter Strategy Group. What inspired you to start your own business?
1: The Carter Strategy Group. So again, I think my dad was always an entrepreneur. He worked on the sea um, on the oil rigs in Trinidad. Um, and then he, so he would be gone for like two weeks at a time and then he would come back home. And when he came back home, he had this, um, movie rental store that was like the bottom of our house. He converted it into a store. It was like blockbuster. So he had this little side hustle that he had and, then when when we moved to Canada, my dad really got into real estate and started purchasing um, different properties. And so that entrepreneurial spirit definitely, I feel like, was in my, is in my blood. Um, and just watching my dad, and, and always having like that knack, I was always the the friend in the group that was like, "Hey guys, let's do this together, or let's do that." Like coming up with ideas and mm-hmm. hey, can this and we could help people do. You know, let's teach people about finances. I remember just, I would always come up with these um, little side hustle ideas. But then after I had my second daughter, I, so I was often finding myself running out of court, like jumping on a streetcar, trying to get to Montessori, trying to pick her up. Um, We get home, making her dinner, bathing her, putting her to bed. And then I was exhausted by 830 and I was just like, over and over. I'm like, this is what my life has come to. I wasn't happy. And I remember praying to God, like, God, can you just, what can I do to make an extra $500 a month? And that's how I got into, I got into sales and it was incredible. I only wanted to make that $500 extra a month. And I think in my first month I made $1,400. Oh my God. So my mind was blown. And I, that's when I really started doing research and I saw that there were women just like me working from home and making five figures a month, six figures a year, seven figures a year. And I was like, what is this world that Mm -hmm. I have not been a part of? And I really started redefining my definition of success. What did success look like to me? I spoke to a coach and she was making seven figures a year and she was not better educated. She was not better looking. She was not, you know, <laughs> there was nothing different about us. She was just a mo- She was a mom and she had been doing this for years and were, was able to raise her kids. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what I want. So for mm-hmm. me, I was, my oldest daughter was going to start grade nine and my youngest was going to start kindergarten. And I wanted to be able to drop them to school. I wanted to pick them up from school. I wanted to be able to go on school trips. I needed flexibility to create my own um, schedule. So this was this was it. Um, I dove in. I was an incredible um, marketer. And I was great at sales. I was great at building teams. Um, I built an incredible team across the globe. And I was making more money than I ever had before. And so I left my nine to five. And I, I, and I just, that was entrepreneurship. That was my.
0: That was your bread and butter.
1: Yeah, and it was everything. I um, to be able to go on school trips and and to raise my girls. Yes, it was it was an incredible. It what it still is. It's an incredible feeling.
0: I know that that business grew exponentially, and then you co-founded another business, which I'd love to talk about, which is called Pitch Better Canada. Can you tell me what Pitch Better Canada is?
1: Pitch Better Canada, we are a market research firm, and we work with diverse women across Canada. And yeah, Pitch Better is is another... Um, it is... I don't even know what to call Pitch Better. It has surpassed our expectations. Uh, myself and my co-founder, my partner uh, co-founded the business, Moy Henry. We co-founded it in 2019. Um and in 2020, we went virtual, and 2021, we just released a, our, our biggest research study to date on Black women entrepreneurs in Canada. And it has been an incredible, incredible ride.
0: Can you tell me about some of the findings of, uh, in terms of the research that you did about Black women Black women entrepreneurs in Canada, what were some of the key findings?
1: Okay, key findings. 90% of Black women entrepreneurs have never taken an accelerator or an incubator that yeah. can push their business forward. They, Some of them don't even know what that is. So that to me, that was one of the real like standout findings.
0: Absolutely. Because,
1: yeah, we know how crucial mentorship is to anybody in business. Mm-hmm. So black women to be pursuing and pushing, and you know black women are that that stat. I mean, it was it was so enlightening because. We in 2019, when Amoy and I formed this business, we were looking at statistics out of the U.S. that Black women were the fastest-growing group of entrepreneurs in the U.S. and they were contributing 40 billion to the economy. And we were like, "What were? What are those numbers here in Canada?" So doing this project really got us to see the numbers. Uh, black women entrepreneurs are highly educated. Um, I think close to 60% have had have a post-secondary degree, um, master's, PhDs. They are very intelligent, highly qualified women who are pursuing entrepreneurship because they need to supplement their income, kind of like me when I was, um, you know, first getting into entrepreneurship. They have a job, but they're going to use this extra income um, from a side hustle. And it just grows into something much, much bigger. And so those were like really key findings for me that stood out and really like touched my heart and like really pulled on my, my heartstrings because this is, you know, something that pitched better. We, we have talked about creating an incubator, um, an accelerator. And so now we're just like, well, yeah, this needs to be done.
0: You have the data to support this idea.
1: Right, exactly.
0: One thing about you, Adila, is that you're a superhero to me. You are a successful entrepreneur. You are a mom of two. You are a daughter. You are a sister. You are a business partner. In your mind, is there such a thing as balance? And if not, How do you do all these things without losing yourself, especially in the last 16, 17 months that we have all been living collectively?
1: My initial response is always, no, there's no balance. There's no such thing as balance. So for the last six months, we were found hers research study was everything. It took up all of our time. It was... 6 a.m. emails and 8 8 p.m. meetings and with the team and, and founders was everything. So Pitch Better was my life for the last six months. For me, it was incorporating my family and them knowing that. So my parents knew what I was doing. My sisters knew. My kids knew. Everyone around me knew that this is what I'm doing. This is where my focus is. And I made a conscious effort to Talk to them and let them know this is, what, this is what's going to be happening for the next little while. And so they understood. They, they were supportive. They, they were with me every step of the way. And I think that is what we have to do as business owners to be successful. And then my youngest, her birthday is at the end of July. So that's always a big celebration. So I know like the, this time of year, July, August uh, is my time. My time with the kids. There are certain things we do over the summer. Like we always go to the zoo, um, swimming like all of these fun things like this is such a fun time for us so i know when i'm grinding in these winter months that i have something to look forward to that there will be relief i will get a break right so you know there is there is no such thing as balance um there's and then you know i'm planning to visit west africa in december so wow yeah, there's things that I have to look forward to. So when I get to grinding, I'm like, okay, I'm grinding for a reason. And I know, like, the relief will come. I will get to see a beach one day soon. And I will get, <laughs> to get back with my girls one day soon. And, and just really planning, planning things out.
0: And the last question that I do have for you is, Adila, how do you take your coffee?
1: Oh my coffee! I I I take my coffee. I I do it different all the time. Like I'm. I'm What's not your favorite? Coffee, I'm not a coffee drinker. Okay, my favorite. What I would love to do every day is like heavy cream and pepper. <laughs> like that would just be the ultimate treat. But um, I do. I am trying to be healthier and. <laughs> So I don't drink coffee every day. I switch it up. I'll do like a tea, herbal tea, mm-hmm. blueberry tea, raspberry tea. And then like maybe once or twice a week, I'll do a latte. And I also do it with an oat base because um, I'm trying to avoid dairy. And <laughs> and yeah, trying to, you know, lower my sugar content. <laughs> but the yeah, ultimate All of us. Yeah, the ultimate back home, like, treat yourself, comfort food type thing would be heavy cream, heavy sugar, and let's just do this.
0: <laughs> Very West Indian. I, yeah. I, I like it. Very. I like it a lot. Yeah. Adila, it was a pleasure to speak with you today. Where can our listeners find you on the gram if they're looking for help, whether it's the Carter Strategy Group or with Pitch Better Canada? Where can they go?
1: Uh, you can find me at Adela Carter and all of our handle, all of my handles are very simple. Carter strategy group is at Carter strategy group, same with pitch better at pitch better and at Adela Carter. So that's where you can find me on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere.
0: has been the Agents of Change podcast. I'm your host, Winnie Bernard. Thank you for joining us. If you loved this episode, and I hope you did, subscribe, rate, share, leave us a comment. To find out more about Double Shot Agency and how we can represent you or help you diversify your next campaign, visit us at www.doubleshotagency.com or follow us on Instagram at Double Shot Agency for news about our upcoming projects and talent. Bye for now.